Welcome back, everyone, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Back off a one-day hiatus. I'm Alex Christensen. Joining me, as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. And Andy, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing I wasn't here yesterday, because I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have picked Zeke for first touchdown score or two-plus touchdowns or whatever he ended up doing last night in that mess of a football game. Yeah, I did not have Zeke. I had I, I tried to I tried to fill in in your stead, and I picked some touchdown scorers. I saw I had, C- I had CD Lamb and Dak Prescott, which it's oh, like oh he's in so close. Lamb he's in, and then he's not, and I'm like oh man this is like sneak territory, right? And it's like fuck anybody but Zeke. And Tim had Zeke, a few other people had Zeke, so congrats to them. I turned sixty dollars into twenty five dollars in showdown. Congrats to me for i was honestly is stupid i get excited i'm like hey one of my teams plays even though three of them lost money so i hate it was you won yeah it was a fun one i ended up like just after watching the first drive and the eagles inability to do anything defensively there i'm like well i'm gonna take a live over so i did end up with a live over in the low 50s that was really my only bet i didn't actually make the halftime bet i gotta get a second device out there if i switch tabs during halftime when I'm out on the boat, then it freezes. So I like I need like a second. I need to bring my wife's phone out there second <laughs> bet because yeah, we had we had a uh, Cowboys money line second half at yep. plus one oh two, plus one oh three. That was kind of a no doubter, I guess. It was it was Easy a push squeezy. for a little bit. It was never losing. I'll say that. It was pushing for a little bit, but uh a pick six right off the bat. Pretty, pretty nice. And how are how are things? Have you did you indulge in Philadelphia sports radio oh. this morning? You have to. There is nothing better in this world than Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio the day after an Eagles loss, especially because, Andy, they were pretty optimistic yesterday, you know, not being able to play on the Internet for most of the day. I was in my car listening to the radio and everyone was feeling pretty good about the Eagles chances. Thought Jalen Hurts could put up some points against this Cowboys defense. And uh, I think really what we saw was the Eagles miss Brandon Graham. I mean, that defense is really built on the ability to get pressure, to get to the quarterback. And they have a lot of good guys. It's a deep line, but he really is the marquee guy, the engine that kind of makes it all go. We saw Fletcher Cox still able to do a bunch of great stuff, but once that Eagles defense can't get any pressure, and then we saw the safeties were out as well. I think they were down to like their second or third string safety at one point. And again, like you said, you saw that on the CD Lamb touchdown. Like he just ran by the guy. I don't know if he forgot that that was his job. I mean, it was oh, kind of a mess. Okay. So that's right. So, I mean, overall, the city of Philadelphia is uh, feeling the vitriol and pain and sadness that you would expect. It's all over. Maybe we need to do something with Sirianni. Who knows? At least no one said Joe Flacco season. I guess Minshew mania season. That's we don't have Flacco anymore. Get rid of I know we didn't even but. know he was uh, inactive last night. We were calling for him at halftime. We were like, are we worried about Minshew coming in for this bet? <laughs> turned out, yeah, he was not on the active roster. So, uh, yeah, from from my end for sure, the the injuries on the offensive line and the defense were real real bad. And then we had another safety go down. I'm sure Philadelphia took a collective deep breath when they saw Fletcher Cox go down and then realized like, Oh, Cowboys are just running at tempo and he's huge. And he's just going to take a break and rip some Gatorade and get back up and sit out of play. Like he's fine. So decent there, at least, at least they didn't lose him and looking a little bit ahead. And this was a big conversation. Once the game was kind of in hand was some of the adjustments. We spoke about this on on Sunday night with Drew. We said, there's a decent chance some books are even hanging a seven and a half now. It, yeah. Just a game, a game like that sucked all anybody you bet Chiefs early, 
congrats. I mean, you could have got a five and a half, six, six and a half. Oh, is that what the look of it was? Yeah, seven, seven and a half now. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way the way it's going to go. It is in Philadelphia. I expect that probably to end up in a lot of teasers as well, but a super high total in that. And then, right. a, you know, a couple, if you do bet look aheads, and this is something I, I keep saying I'm going to do, and I just don't have the balls to fire on it. I think you need to look at it differently as far as like find games where if things go way wrong, it's not going to adjust against you too hard because it was maybe expected. But if things shake out right on your end, then you can get some value like you ended up with Chiefs and Eagles. Let, let's say the Eagles beat the Cowboys by 15 points. It's not like you're crossing a bunch of key numbers then in the Chiefs. Right, game. it's not going down to three. Chiefs, yeah, you're not, you're not four. going down to three or something. You, you might lose a little value, but it's not. Like there's more upside than downside. So I, I think maybe something I'm going to look at this week, it's like Lions, Bears. And truthfully, like too many smart people are betting the Lions now for me to wait until Wednesday. I'm going to have to get some Lions before it goes to two and a half. So that's another one just with the Bears offensive output. What we saw, the Lions are getting some money and then, Texans and Bills, 16 and a half. Some places cross the 17 and a half. That is a huge number. And yeah, we're going to see. I was going to say, is, is that pretty key? I can't remember where that is on the list. There's no really key numbers up past 14, but I mean, even 14 is not actually key. But once you get up there, it's kind of a mess. It's just that is, it's funny. Like that got opened higher based on how the Bills looked and, you know, the Texans doing nothing on Thursday night. And then actually got bet down a little. So, I mean, people took the 17 and a half, the 17 with the Texans, which was semi-surprising, but it is a S-load of points in a National Football League game for a team coming off rest. I mean, it is Texans get 10 days, but not that they have a coach or a quarterback, but that is a ton of points to lay, especially when, you know, the, the Bills do keep their foot on the gas pedal more than most teams. But, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to get in the back door. When a team is up three scores, there's not a lot of uh, incentive for them to, you know, keep scoring sometimes. And you guys talked about this a little bit on the deep dive. You know, people that were looking, I think, to fade Josh Allen last year and kind of took it in the in the, in the the wallet a little bit, probably coming back on that this year. Did you see anything in that Washington game that makes you think that, you know, maybe he kind of got over that first week too, Hump? Or like you said, I mean, it's a team off rest against a quarterback that's not playing as well as he has. Yes, they put up a bunch of points this week against a decent Washington defense. But what's to say if he doesn't go back to what we saw those first two weeks? And, you know, like you said, we've got three scores here. The back door should be wide open. Yeah, if you want Buffalo, maybe some Buffalo first half where they're actually still – even if it's like a 10, you know, it, it might still be just fine because I didn't see much offerings from that uh, offense in Houston. This is on the road, hostile environment up in Buffalo, rough, rough, rough. Like, you get your 10 days of rest, this is not where you want to go up to Buffalo and watch them jump through tables. So I'll get it. you know, we'll, we'll dig into more of those on the deep dive tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, just some interesting early looks in some NFL and hopefully can get back in the saddle Thursday with uh, a first touchdown score. It feels good to get a couple in a row. Like, just that pump does. those accounts up a little. And, yeah, I think we're, we'll be back at it Wednesday or Thursday. Well, the good news is I got some big underdogs for us anyway. They're not first touchdown scores, Andy, but we got a couple tennis matches that uh, I like at some big numbers here. Now, we're in Chicago. I know, and I, do, I checked a couple times. They are, you know, we're in Chicago. This is a WTA 500 tournament, which is 
kind of like second tier, you know, it's two tiers below Grand Slam, but it's the week before Indian Wells, Indian Wells being, you know, the fifth or sixth biggest event of the year, a lot of points up here for grab. So you know, one of the things I'm looking to do here in Chicago is try to find women that I expect to be kind of looking forward, looking ahead to that Indian Wells tournament versus being focused on winning a tournament that's a new event, Andy. So there's no ranking points for anyone to protect here. Anything you kind of get from being here, I believe is, you know, additive to wherever you are. So, you know, the first match we have here, um, Gabriella Roos is going to be playing Camilla Georgie. And that match gets underway. It's hard to say when. It's going to be next on court after Harriet Dart and Beatrice Haddad Maya finish. They're in the third set right now. So my guess is you have at least 30 minutes, maybe a little bit longer before this starts, probably closer to an hour because we'll have to get everybody off and transition. But Bruce plus 340 here, and also to win to uh, Camilla Georgie, a very good player. Again, one of the things that I'll say with both of these bets, there's a chance both of these women lose like 6-2, 6-2. But Georgie in her first match after the U.S. Open, again, I believe she's defending some points in Indian Wells, should be kind of looking ahead to there. Generally doesn't do very well in North America, especially in some of these non-slam, you know, non-masters events happy to go against her here and i think you know in this situation if she is really looking forward i don't expect much of a fight in the second set so my hope here is we get roos in the first and then she takes care of business 2-0 if you know things are really going to go the way i expect them to and we have a similar theme in the next match and this is later this afternoon should be around i think three o'clock eastern time maybe 245 i'm seeing some places so still have some time for this on lee someone that we've backed quite a bit a name that you're familiar with if you listen to the show going against garbina muguruza muguruza having again a very up and down year but almost certainly in my opinion looking forward to indian wells she had a buy in the first round so she's going to get second round ranking points just for showing up and playing this match She's a great tennis player. Again, might just beat on Lee 6-2, 6-2, something like that. It could be pretty quick. But happy to grab her at plus 340. I look at both of these women. I have this south of plus 300, you know, closer to 250. Lee, actually, if I tweak some stuff, I have as low as plus 200. The 2-0 prices, again, I don't think that books are taking into account kind of what the flow of this match should be the week we're in and a couple books here putting out some really high prices you know look for 2-0 as opposed to minus one and a half sets that seem to be where the plus 700 numbers are and some books like for example FanDuel will post something like will the player win a set yes no so you bet the no and you kind of do it that way it's one of the funky parts about tennis everybody words things differently but poke around you'll be able to find these seven to one some places and you know, even if the, the money line was supposed to be 340, these two O's should be closer to five to one, something like that. So before I even take into account that I think there's value in the money line, the correlation looks off to me as well. So two big underdogs and some two O's. Yeah, it, it's silly too. You'll see that. Like do pop around, especially if you're not pressing your head against the upper limits of some of these on these bets. Like because some of these, they will be at lower limits for some of these props. Yeah. But you'll see it as minus one and a half sets, two O sets, or the opponent to win a set. No. And sometimes at the same book, you'll see different prices. On Three different prices. It's the exact same thing. So do poke around when you're making those props. Good advice from Mr. Christensen there. Um, wearing my, as penance, wearing my American U.S. Ryder Cup hat from Hazeltine. We deserve what we more. got. Yeah. Traders. Yeah, I I still like the number. It just a bunch of people didn't show <laughs> up and fuck it. I'm fine. Whatever. We're, the first two days were as poorly as they could have gone. Anyway. Yeah, it was nice. Again, I said it yesterday. I didn't really have to care about it Sunday. I went and just watched football. <laughs> nice. But we are we are on this. This was an alternate stop on the tour for years. It's actually a full tour stop. There's good perks here. 
It's a real event. It just happens to be in the September, October region where we're, we're in the 21, 22 season. It's a real PGA tour event, but there are a lot of guys who just don't golf this time of year. You know, the, the people who don't need the money, the people who don't need card status, the people who aren't grinding. Although I will say the event has drawn bigger names over the years. Like there are bigger names at the Sanderson Farms tournament than there used to be. Sergio won it last time out. He looked, I mean, he just, it, he looked good. He did, he was at the top of his game and the field wasn't as good. And he just kind of made his, uh, he, he was dominant when he needed to be and he won it. So there are some decent names here. If you take a look, you'll see again, I think, yeah, he's back. There's at the top of the field, Mr. Oh, I'm looking at Alfred or Al Alfred Dunhill, but Sam Burns, Sergio Garcia, kind of at the top, Sal Torres, Corey Connors, Charlie Hoffman up there too. So not the biggest of names, but decent. I found a few outrights I like for this one in Sung J M. Mito Pereira. I almost rolled the R. HV3 stands for Harold Varner the third. And my guy Seamus Power. I have them all power rated in the top 10 here. You're getting some decent numbers, especially as you go further down. It is an easy course. It's average distance for a par 72 on tour, really wide fairways. I'm not worried about guys having a ton of accuracy off the tee. If you're missing these fairways, you're probably just having a bad day overall. So bombers probably have an advantage here. I didn't go with anybody massively off the tee. Although Varner and Pereira aren't bad off the tee, mostly just looking for guys who can score, score in bunches, do it on the greens, do it with, you know, they're finding the greens, the approach game, and guys who can find their way into a very low score for four days. So these are my four for now, and I will be having some matchups later this week. So hopefully Varner, yeah, if Varner just gets the putting going, his approach game is solid. I just if he can save, you know, he's not the greatest off the tee. So I'm, I'm very hopeful for Harold Varner this week. Maybe so this is, week. I'll probably have him first round. So this is the first event of next season. If I was following you kind of, yes, it's yeah. The, the season works. It's a wraparound season. So it's 21, 22. Like, yeah, it, it's weird. Like technically the first event was the event before the Ryder Cup, I think. I'm not sure. Oh. I don't I don't know. Nobody nobody makes Doesn't it less matter. clear. They're playing that. golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I I believe it was it's the second event because there was one the week before the Ryder Cup. And nobody makes it less clear when the season starts and stops than the PGA. So whatever. I'll just if they put a tournament in front of me, I'll bet it. It's good to know that a sport is trying to compete with tennis for the silliest and most annoying scheduling practices. So way to go, golf. Way to go, tennis. Maybe someday you guys will figure it out. Speaking of silly scheduling practices, are we back on a 72 game, 82 game season for the NBA? We are. Everything's We're back to 82 games. Everything's okay. going back. They they took some of the travel lessons that they learned, I believe, from the shortened schedule. Like I think we'll still see some back to backs and kind of two game series things like that. They kind of reorganized the travel a little bit, so hopefully all that's pretty good. But yes, back to a full 82 game season this year in the NBA, Andy and. I'm pretty sure you're still there, although you're a little bit fuzzy right now, which I know producer Dan is loving. A um, few weeks till we get to the NBA ah. season, and we have one more award category here, Andy. Are you ready for – do you actually know who they named this award after? I'm curious. Um, John Wooden. Red Arabak. It's a cool trophy. It's a, guy, it's, a brass, it's a brass red Arabak sitting on a bench. I get, I get down with that, even though I don't like Boston in general. 
So jumping into this again, I put together a couple previews. Make sure you follow Ace NBA previews. It's where I've been putting a lot of these award previews. Already did six man of the year and most improved. Most recently looked into coach of the year, Andy. And as you go back historically, there's really three categories. Well, we'll talk about a fourth one in a second, but three categories that really indicate success here. 10 of the last 11 coach of the years had a top five win percentage in the NBA. All 11 of them improved their record year over year, and all 11 of them beat their regular season win total. Now, the only exception to that, of course, is Tom Thibodeau. So you've got to be a top five team. You've got to have a better win percentage year over year, beat your regular season win total, or be Tom Thibodeau. So as we start to look through that list, you know, there's a handful of coaches and it's kind of a funky award. And I went through and, you know, this is one of the first times I've done this, tried to go through and put together kind of my own odds for coach of the year. It's again, a very sort of qualitative award, if you will. So it's, it's tough to kind of wrap my head around that, but you know, you start to think about that top five win percentage, you can cross up a bunch of coaches already from that. Um, you know, it leaves you again with a very small group of guys. And again, you can read through the piece to see all my thoughts on everybody. There were a couple names that were close. You know, somebody like Steve Kerr, I'm pretty bullish on the Warriors, but I think it's going to be tough for them again to crack into that top five and maybe even beat their regular season win total. So crossed him off. Even somebody like Rick Carlisle in Indiana, you know, somebody the media really likes has got a chance to kind of take a team and really exceed expectations, be too tough for him to get in the top five. But we have three names that I really like quite a bit. And it's tough, Andy. I know we've talked about this before, and I laughed when I saw it was nine to one because this is what we talked about last time. We're going to be lame and bet the favorite at nine to one. That's Steve fine. Nash, he's got the Brooklyn Nets. We've got a Nets over. We've got Nets to win the East, but it is tough. You know, this is a super team, if you will, and generally super team coaches don't do well in this. But Nash has kind of the counteracting force of being a second year coach, which means expectations are low, and he really is a media darling. I mean everybody loves him. He's been really great and um, good in interviews, giving people lots of extra time. So I think that can counteract some of the super team stuff. And again, checks the box in every other category in a big way. The Nets are likely to have the best record in the league, let alone top five. They should be able to beat their win total from last year, given the improvements of the team and how much easier their schedule is. And again, we've taken them to go over the regular season win total. Really happy there. The next name on the list, you know, I haven't been too excited about the Lakers. I've been kind of vocal about my concerns about them overall. But as I look at Frank Vogel here at 14 to 1, I think there's some real value in this number given, again, the chance to be top five. And they struggled last year. So it's going to be easy for the Lakers to exceed expectations from what they did last year. You know, Russell Westbrook, I think, will be a problem in the playoffs, but I think it's going to help them exceed that regular season win total. You know, as I look at this, I would have Frank Vogel closer to four to one, five to one. So happy to take him at plus 1400. Um, let me see. What did I have Nash? I had Nash at closer to three to one as well, if you're curious there. And then the third name, Mike Budenholzer, someone who really flipped the script on what people thought of him last year and in the postseason. Um, you know, me specifically and a lot of other people that have spent a lot of time making fun of Coach Bud were really impressed with what he did, not only late in the regular season, even during it. We saw him change systems, try new things, be really creative with lineups so that when we got to the postseason, they were able to deal with all that adversity. I think the team strengthened their bench a little bit this year. As I look at their schedule, pretty easy. I think we'll see. We'll get back to seeing them compete for the best record in the East, possibly at the very least a top two or three seed there, which puts them comfortably in the top five of the league. Again, you know, had a little bit of a down year integrating holiday and working things out with a shortened bench. So that gives them an opportunity to exceed their win total. 
as well as exceed what they did last year. So 22 to one coach, Bud looks really nice to me. I have him closer to nine to one or so there. So three picks for me for coach of the year odds. Take a look around. These numbers are a little bit different at certain places, but you should be able to find these and posted this on Betsperts, posted it on Twitter. And again, make sure you follow ACE NBA previews on Twitter to make sure you get all these first thing, but you can find that a bunch of places for all my thoughts. I'm down. You know, I like to tie up money all year. I bet I'm constantly you hide it from I'm yourself. Looking, I'm you do it. it's like a savings. I'm looking at awards markets like every week for the NFL. Like I, I can't get enough of that shit. So, all right, <laughs> NBA preseason starts this weekend, right around the corner. We're gonna have some NBA action. That'll be fun for sure for everyone but me who doesn't care for the NBA all that much outside of the fun games. You pretend I like the well. Good, I, I pretend well, and I like the good games. So. All right, well, one final shout-out to Sponsor Win Bets, where you can get your $1,000 risk-free bet or less, whatever. You can do a $100 risk-free bet. I don't you know. Maybe don't overextend yourself and get worried about having to bet that amount again. But whatever you want, up to a $1,000 risk-free bet using promo code BETSPERTS1000. And if you use that promo code, sign up using that and send us the information. Let us know. DM us at BETSPERTS on Twitter. Send you a damn fleece, and it's just that easy. And with that, we'll see you tomorrow for win total Wednesday.